Good evening, and welcome to the beautiful historical marionette theater. Tonight we're going to be visiting a holiday comedy from the mid-decade. Yes, the 21st century now. And uh, if you'll take your seats, please, the show is about to begin. Hey there! Hello there, folks! We're just a stone's throw from the first day of winter. I said it softly because I don't really want it to be here, but it's necessary here in the Northeast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we're here in the balcony at the Grand Old Marionette Theater once again, Toppy. And how are you this fine night, sir? I'm pretty good, pretty good. We had our first, oh, four or five inches of snow of the year. And so, yeah, it certainly feels like winter. It, it certainly does. It puts you in the mindset of what's around the corner. And of course, as we're speaking, uh, it's just about eight or nine days from the big day. Of course, that being Christmas. Uh, or Hanukkah, if, if you celebrate. Uh, Kwanzaa also was this time of year, I do believe. Uh, so, Toppy, when you were a kiddo, what would you have been, uh, you know, what would be going through your mind around this time of year when you're this close to the big day? Had you had your picture with Santa? Did you write your letter? Were you excited to be on vacation yeah, so <clears throat> sure, lots of great memories from back then. Um, I remember this time of year, I'd be making Christmas gifts because that's what I did every year. Um, you know, we'd find some, I don't remember, some of them definitely came from my mother. Others, I don't know, we saw someone else do and we did the same thing. My, my famous example is that we'd get a half walnut shell and then we'd glue a felt bottom onto it, but the bottom would include two little forearms, two little back arms and a tail. And, um, and, and we'd put googly eyes on it and it'd be a turtle. And that would be... <laughs> That would be the Christmas gift. So we'd make something. I don't know. Sometimes it would be candles or whatever. So this part of the year was filled with that. And there was a lot of a lot of joy in that. And it kept us busy. And, you know, we'd also be thinking about, okay, DJ, I saw that video earlier today mm -hmm. of those cats, those cats in the snow. <laughs> and it, it cracked me up. That was one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we, um, we'd be preparing by that. And uh, I remember one year, I, I, I thought the greatest gift I, I was making that year was for my mother. <laughs> and it was a braided rug. That's what I gave my mother for Christmas, but I made it. You oh. know, there were scraps of cloth and mm -hmm. I braided them and then coiled it around and sewed it all together. <laughs> it was this ridiculous braided rug and 
I don't know. I I think I spent two or three weeks working every night on that stupid thing. <laughs> so that's that's what I would have been doing. Hmm. Well, I don't recall a particular handmade gift uh, in my youth. I I was the youngest of four, so by the time I came around, I think mom and dad were all worn out from that. So I don't think I I tried that or did the you know customary um, tie for dad for every occasion <laughs> but i i do remember back in the day because you know everyone talks about how when they grew up things were different and they remember going uphill both ways barefoot in the snow and blah 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 i just remember one really cool day and actually cool because it was winter um we had uh, kind of a, a a snow day at school we had a a hill right nearby my elementary school and we were let to uh have a play day outside sledding i remember being out in the cold so long that i i got wind burnt for the first time oh and uh, i i remember thinking how cool it was that my teacher at the time had thought to make one of my favorite treats, which was, of course, hot chocolate. Now, there's there's many ways to make hot chocolate. But instead of putting marshmallows in it like everybody does, she introduced me to a spin on that. She used marshmallow fluff. So it was like the marshmallows had already melted in my cup. It was like a shortcut to happiness. <laughs> oh, I never did say I was a thin child. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, uh, speaking of hot little treats, I do believe our senior showgirl is shimmering and shining tonight. Woohoo! Oh, hey, watch that train there. Woohoo! Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody! Ah, <laughs> uh, we got the uh, the uh, you know Doctor Dagnog slushing around here tonight. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Well, you um make sure you take off those uh high heels there, Missy, because uh I I don't need you tripping on the way down there. Um, <gasps> could you take your place? Yeah, good idea. Okay, I'll, I'll be down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right, there she goes. Alrighty. is a 10-year-old whose dad has just gotten out from the clink in time for Christmas. It's been years and mom has moved on, but dad's eager for a reunion. Before long, Tom wants dad to go back to the prison, except now it's to break out the wacky old man who camped out in their shed. Does the old fella have amnesia or is he really Father Christmas? Grab a few candy canes for the road. And don't forget a coat. It's time to Get Santa with Jim Broadbent and Kit Connors. Take it away, fellas. What do you get when you take a dash to the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies. And a smidgen of screaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. Alrighty, 
tidy. We are firmly in the thick of the holidays, and we are going to be discussing a, a more recent film, a, a comedy, a holiday film, with a, a few actors that, uh, you know, folks here in the, the U.S. of A's may not know at first glance. So, uh, Toppy, what's uh, something that we like to do to, to uh, you know, put things into perspective? Well, let's get back, uh, go back to that year, 2014. Not all that long ago, but long enough. Remind us what was going on back then. U.S. history in 2014. Back in 2014, 13 states, including New York and Colorado, two places I've lived, increased their minimum wage. A nationwide ban on the uh, the low end 40 to 60 watt incandescent bulbs you you probably remember this toppy back when they used to have the little filament inside the bulb well yeah um they uh they went the uh, nat- nationwide ban went into effect back in okay i'm still waiting for that ban to go into effect because <laughs> i could find those bulbs all over <laughs> i don't know well you 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 must be uh getting the uh the the back of the stock room there no i can go to the pnc or anywhere and buy incandescent bulbs well you do i don't know you do know that the new bulbs were made to look exactly alike no no these are you know these like yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a warehouse somewhere that has. Well, them, I... well it took seven years, but we uh, we started to uh, to kick those off the shelves because they they take more power and they don't last as long. Anyways, the state of Colorado allowed the sale of recreational cannabis for legally licensed businesses. Uh, well, you know, it was a it was a tax um, generator, a revenue generator for the state. Nominations for the 86th Academy Awards, the Oscars, are announced at the Samuel Goldman Theater in Beverly Hills in 2014. Nominees for Best Picture were 12 Years a Slave, American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, her, all these uh, one-word uh, film names. Nebraska, Philomena, and The Wolf of Wall Street. I, I know what a few of those were. Uh, in, in 2014, The Tonight Show broadcast its first episode in New York City in nearly 42 years with new host Jimmy Fallon. You know, after they tried out um, that, uh, that Conan for uh, a season or so and decided he wasn't uh up to the mustard right uh, and by the way is is jimmy Stall- fallon still doing it from new york city he is oh okay i didn't know that he he must have signed uh you know a mortgage or something <laughs> the nationally televised late night talk show moved to la in 1972 so welcome back Connecticut passed legislation to raise its minimum wage from a paltry eight dollars and seventy cents to ten dollars and ten cents by twenty seventeen. I, I should hope it's gone up again since. Made it the first state to answer President Obama's call for an increase in the minimum wage back then. Yeah, I believe it's recently it's it's up to fourteen something now. Mm, I know that. Believe that, it or not, I know that some states have it regional, like in New York State, in New York City. Of course, uh, with higher property taxes and whatever, um, you know, the minimum wage is higher in some of those bigger cities. But anyways, my when I when I started working, mm-hmm. it was three dollars and some. No, oh. <laughs> oh, 
I, I remember when I got my first job out of college, it was, I think, eight or nine. But, th- you know, that was in the, the late 90s. So uh, let's see here now. Um, <laughs> oh, Microsoft. Yes, uh, Mr. Gates's company. They discontinued support for Windows XP back in 2014. I remember I had to tell the company I was working for that their computer was a dinosaur and a security risk. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, let's see now. Flint, Michigan. You probably have heard this name. Uh, in 2014, they switched their water source to the Flint River. It was a bad decision, beginning the ongoing Flint water crisis. And this caused lead poisoning in up to 12,000 people. 15 deaths from Legionnaires' disease and ultimately leading to criminal indictments against 15 people, five of whom have been charged with involuntary manslaughter. Oh, it's Lord. Yeah. Uh, I I guess there was no um, research before making that decision there. But anyways, CVS Pharmacy, they rebranded themselves to CVS Health, you know, so that it looked better on the books. And they phased out cigarette sales to reflect the name change. Let's see, just a few more things. Ukrainian pre- then Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko visited the U.S. Congress to seek assistance in combating pro-Russian separatists in eastern Ukraine. Okay, folks, that was eight years ago, and we have what, what's, what's going on. This year, you know, mm-hmm. the new world one world trade center building in New York City uh, opened. Uh, I believe it's called Independence Tower nowadays. President Barack Obama announced the resumption of normal relations between the U.S. and Cuba and an end to the United States embargo against Cuba for the first time since January of sixty one. And yet, I've noticed no change. Well, you can go on vacation to Cuba. However, you have to indirectly fly there. Like you can take a trip from Canada to Cuba, but not directly from yeah. the U.S., I think. I don't know. It's it's hinky. Yeah. And, you know, and all this time that we've been repairing relations and we still don't know the truth about Kennedy's assassination. But anyways. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about some celebrity deaths. Mm-hmm. We said goodbye to Shirley Temple uh, back then in 2014. And uh, we said goodbye to Harold Ramis, Ramis, uh, Mickey Rooney, Maya Angelou, Ann B. Davis. Uh, she was the housekeeper and the Brady Bunch. Casey Kasem, that radio guy, and uh, the voice of many characters on cartoons. Um, Messock Taylor uh, from Designing Women. Elaine Stretch, uh, famous above famous on the stage. James Garner, Robin Williams, Lauren Bacall, Joan Rivers, and Elizabeth Pena. So, or Pena, I'm not sure. Pena. Pena? Pena? Pena. Pena, all Mm -hmm. right. Um, And we lost uh, all those kind folks back in 2014. It was, it was uh, Elizabeth Pena was the biggest shock to me, and of course, like many, uh, I believe what took her oh, from us too soon is um, a form of cancer. But I remember in the '90s she was a star on a network t- uh, sitcom 
called I Married Dora, and it was canceled after one season. The storyline behind that was um, a uh, an undocumented immigrant um, ended up marrying her boss so that she could get a green card. Mm, okay. So, of course, uh, you know, the folks at uh, uh, Immigration uh, didn't want that show on the air. <laughs> Oh, so tonight we're talking about a movie, as we are one to do. So we are visiting the wonder of the silver screen, and uh, to get things in uh, that right frame of mind, uh, let's talk about for a moment uh, what was also in the theaters in 2014, eight years ago now. So Get Santa, the film that we're discussing tonight, was released on December 12th, so less than a couple of weeks from the big day. So it's uh, basically almost this time that year. Uh, but it wasn't uh, at the top of the box office. Uh, we, we do have a soft place in our hearts for the underdog. Now, the number one, however, was Guardians of the Galaxy, the very first installment, which there's about to be a third, uh, that brought in $332 million that year. And, of course, if you've been living under a rock, uh, you might not know that it starred Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, and Karen Gillan of Doctor Who fame. Number two. I, by the way, DJ, <clears throat> they've, they've released this cute little Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. So if anybody wants to catch that, it's on Disney+. Plus. It's about 45 minutes long. And uh, it's 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 pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, let's see here. Let me just move on to the next one. Sorry, I'm doing things behind me. Sorry, folks. Let me uh, try to multitask here. One sec. Where did I go? Also, it's hard to believe. I mean, I knew Guardians of Galaxy did well, but I didn't know it was the number one movie that year. Mm-hmm. Number two that year in 2014 at the box office was The Hunger Games, Mocking Jay. So it was volume one of a, I think, three-parter. Brought in $313 million that year. Starred Jennifer Lawrence, Liam Hemsworth, Donald Sutherland, and many others. Number three at the box office was another comic uh, action adventure. And this is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. It's the second film in that series. Brought in $259 million with Chris Evans, Samuel L. Jackson, and Robert Redford, just to name a few. Now, uh, we like to think that perhaps if uh, Get Santa did place somewhere in the, the box office returns there, it might might have been somewhere around the middle so one better than the middle uh was uh number 99 and it was a, a it was a remake of a of a classic film it was called the secret life of walter mitty and uh, this version brought in 26.7 million and it starred ben stiller and Kristen wig and i think it's one of those stories of a, a mild-mannered man who uh ends up becoming a, a man for hire or a spy or something um Anyways, uh, one less from the top or the middle is a film that was at a, the number 101 spot. And this was called A Walk Among the Tombstones and uh, starred Liam Neeson and Dan or uh, Hugh or Dan Stevens, sorry, 
of Downton Abbey fame. So if you're into British uh, shows, you might know who Dan Stevens is. And the story of a walk, a walk Amongst the Tombstones is a private investigator is hired by a drug kingpin to find out who kidnapped and murdered his wife. So that was the box office in 2014. And, you know, Toppy, I'm uh, getting a little ahead of myself here. Before we talk about the uh, the team that made this, I think we should probably play the trailer. What do you think? Yeah, let's play the trailer. All right, folks. So if you were going to the movies back in 2014, this is what you might have seen to uh, get you interested in this film. Unconfirmed reports just in that thousands of children have awoken on Christmas morning to discover their stockings empty. Santa. Oh, yeah. Breaking news. A man claiming to be Santa was arrested last night trying to steal some reindeer. Hey, Pop! What am I getting for Christmas? You have to let me out of here or Christmas will be cancelled. Santa's in prison. What? He's crashed his sleigh, lost his reindeer, and if we don't help him, Christmas is off. Well, that's it then, lads. We can't go and see that old fruitcake from last night. He's not a fruitcake, he's Santa. Deep in your heart, you know who I am. Are you on medication? Seek out Dasher, who will then lead you to my new magic sleigh. Dasher speaks. He communicates. <laughs> All right, then, so what does that mean? Pretty soon, the world's gonna wake up to discover Santa's gone AWOL. <laughs> Santa's relying on you, Dad. Anyone stares at you, tell them to get out of your face. Get out of your face. Yeah, good. Yeah. Oh! Oh! That was brilliant! I know! Have you thought about dieting? Considering how many mince pies I eat, I think I'm doing very well. It's the Northern Lights. I never thought it was real. All I wanted today was a chance to be a proper dad. Or a good dad. He's Santa! He really is! I am! I'm not an elf. This isn't so bad. Alrighty, so uh, as we are one to do, we talk about uh, the past of this splendid theatre. A lot of things happened here, and uh, magicians have been through these doors. We like to think of the person who made this movie as a, a magician because, uh, well, they brought everyone together and uh, they made a piece of art. Toppy, tell us about the director of Get Santa. You're on mute. Pardon me. Christopher Smith is the man's name. He's from Britain. And he's a director and screenwriter, best known for directing his own horror movies that he's written. And uh, his four most prominent pieces of work are writing and directing Creep, Severance, Triangle, and Black Death. Those are movies from 2004 to 2010. All horror movies. Get Santa is his only comedy. And I think he did very well. 
2014. Then Detour was in 2016. That was a spy thriller. He's got his most recent movie coming in in 2022, The Banishing, where he returned to the horror genre. And uh, he does have two very early movies he did. They're short films. It's One's called The 10,000th Day in 1997. And then there's The Day Granddad Went Blind in 1998. I don't know if those were student movies or what, but they were short films released in the UK. He's done some work on television. He directed uh, in in the UK uh, a two-part miniseries called Labyrinth in 2012. And he's done two episodes of a British spy thriller over there called Alex Ryder. Uh, And so he's been uh, kind of a busy guy and uh, he writes and, and he directs his own stuff. All righty. Well, we have reached about the halfway point in the program. So we're going to step on over to the Holiday Lounge for a little bit of cheer. And uh, for your listening and enjoyment, we have an interview with the director of the film, Mr. Christopher Smith. Uh, well, I'm just going to start by saying I, mean, I love the idea of a, a prison break movie with Santa as the, the prison escapee. Um, I'm just wondering, was this an idea that you've kind of had brewing for quite a while? No, it was, uh, I'd literally, I'd, I'd come off the back of making Black Death and I was a little disappointed with the number of screens that was given in the cinema and I just thought I wanted to do something that I felt would be commercial and I had a young son, Harper, who had just been born I thought I want to make something that he wants to watch. So I literally went to the pub on my own <laughs> drank about three pints of cider and came back with this idea of what if Santa crashes his sleigh, gets sent to prison and somehow the dad's come out and he has to connect with the son and I just felt there was something in that and so it came it came about literally within half an hour I had the idea. The next day I went to see, by sheer chance I had a meeting with Ridley Scott who'd loved the film Black Death. I pitched him a sci-fi movie which he liked and he said have you got anything else? And I said I've got this rough idea about Santa getting sent to prison in a Christmas movie and he said well let's go and do that. So. It all happened very quickly. It was great. And was there ever any kind of pressure to, to make this in America? Because a British Christmas movie is such a, a rarity. I was so thrilled that it is yeah. British. But was there ever any kind of pressure in that regard? Well, because we, cause it was made by Scott Free, obviously a very big company. Ridley was one of the producers. There was a, a feeling that maybe we should we should approach it that way. But you could approach it like a studio movie. But, you know, I've got the sequel already set now. It's Ghetto Santa. <laughs> and we, it's basically set in America. So uh, there was no pressure, no. And I, th- I thought what makes this good is it's got a very English sensibility. And, yeah. And of course, I mean, as you mentioned, your career so far has predominantly been in the horror genre. It must be so uh, re- uh, rewarding for you, I suppose, to, to, to show a movie and hear kind of kids laughing and, and see them all sort of lining up to get in. That must be quite a, a different experience yeah, for you, Yeah, you know, the, the thing people say is that, that they often look at horror as though it's somehow an, uh, a negative. It's like making a good horror movie is really difficult. And, um, and you can see why there are so few really good ones that you actually could name on your hand that are great. I think that... But, but like you say, when you go to the test screenings, you're, you, you, you're not hearing them laugh. You're not hearing an immediate response. You're, you, you know, you're hopefully feeling dread and seeing a few jumps. This is very rewarding because you can come out of the cinema and go, they enjoyed that, I think, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. And do you think the fact that you have made films aimed at adults so far served this picture well in, 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 the, in a sense of um, appealing to the kind of the parents in the audience? 
Yeah, I think I think well, I think all horror movies are not really. I mean, I don't think they're adult films. I think they're sort of mostly, you know, they might have an eighteen certificate, but they're kind of aimed at teenagers. I think so. But teen, but but. But I think that it meant that I've got a sort of, you know, a slightly more naughty sense of humour, if you like. So I think that the adults will enjoy this as much as the kids. That's that's the that's the vibe we've got from the test screenings. And just, I mean, the cast is is incredible. And most, um, first and foremost, I mean, Jim Broadbent as Santa is. I think if I had to pick anyone in the world to play Santa, I'd go for Jim Broadbent. You must have been thrilled when he got on board. Well, yeah, when we got, we, we all thought about Jim and we thought, well, hasn't Jim played it? And then we, we've done the voice in Arthur Christmas, but he's not played it. Well, hopefully he'll say yeah. And as soon as he said yeah, the film was a go really because everybody including the financiers wanted to see what that would look like and I think the makeup um, Karen and Stephen who did the costume did a great job as well because when he walked in that first day with his, his outfit on I had hairs on the back of my neck stand on end so Alrighty so we're going to continue the discussion with Yeah the, the <clears throat> you, you heard him talk up Jim Broadbent a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, who is he? Where did he come from, TJ? I'm so glad you asked, sir. It's my privilege to speak about Mr. Jim Broadbent. Uh, he's uh, a favorite of many a British film for myself. Uh, Mr. Jim Broadbent, who, of course, uh, played Santa himself. Jolly old St. Nick in this film, Get Santa. He was born in Lincolnshire, or Lincolnshire, England, which is a a seaside town midway up the coast off the North Sea. Uh, It's about three hours from London. Broadbent's family were artisans. His father was an artist, a sculptor, an interior designer, and a furniture maker. He wore many hats. His parents were both amateur actors who, by the 70s, had purchased an old chapel and had converted it to a 100-seat theater. Cool. Yeah. Uh, talk about supporting your children's, uh, you know, uh, ambitions there. Unlike many of his contemporaries, Jim's parents saw to it that he completed school and attended university. Broadbent attended art college before transferring to the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. Now, 2014 was eight years ago. However, Get Santa was Mr. Broadbent's 43rd film. That's almost as many uh, films as I have years. And in the five years before he was in Get Santa, he would appear in 12 films just in five years alone. That's an average of two films a year. So he was paying the bills, folks, including in 2009. uh, These are some of his uh, more notable exposures here in the U.S. of A. In 2009, he did the first of, I believe, three appearances in the Harry Potter series of films. This was in The Half-Blood Prince. His character was Professor Horace Slughorn. And he was an advisor to the House of Slytherin, uh, often associated with the, the, uh, the mysterious bad guys. And in 2011, he starred opposite Meryl Streep in a film about the Iron Lady, the, the Prime Minister of England, um, Margaret Thatcher. And he played Mrs. Thatcher's husband. Also in 2011, uh, uh, Jim Broadbent... Uh, Uh, contributed to a film that was another Christmas story. This was an animated feature in Arthur Christmas. And he was the voice of Malcolm Claus, who, while the the son of the uh, the Elder Claus, he's the current Santa, because it's a a family uh, tradition that the uh, the men grow up and take a turn as Santa Claus. 
He, uh, all the cast of this film also included the voices of the likes of Imelda Staunton, who more recently has taken a turn as uh, Queen Elizabeth II in Netflix's The Crown, and uh, James McAvoy, who some of you may know from the, the prequel X-Men films, playing the young Professor Xavier. Broadbent has already previously starred in such films as uh, at this point in his career, in 2014, Broda had already previously starred in such films as Little Voice, which we discussed earlier this year, uh, a film from 98, which featured the likes of uh, absolutely fabulous actress uh, Jane Horrocks, a woman of many talents, and uh, Ewan McGregor at the uh, early days of his career before he was famous in the Star Wars films. And, uh, of course, Michael Caine, who's uh, a man of note from films starting in the 60s. And then also Mr. Broadbent appeared in a film that we've also discussed here, Matt Name Minutia. If you go back a season or two, Moulin Rouge in 2001. And that starred Nicole Kidman and once again, Ewan McGregor. So uh, they've uh, punched each other's dance cards a couple of times. In more recent years, Broadbent has continued to work in film and has appeared in seven films in the past five years, including in 2017, Paddington 2 with Hugh Bonneville from Downton Abbey and Peter Capaldi from Doctor Who. In 2020, he starred in a, a remake of the, uh, the classic Doctor Doolittle film, uh, this time just called Doolittle with Robert Downey Jr., and in 2021, just last year, he was in a film that was in an origin story about uh, Santa Claus, and it was called A Boy Called Christmas, which featured Maggie Smith. But was he Santa in that movie? Uh, no, he was not. The, uh, okay. the young boy grew up to be Santa in okay. this film. Uh, to date, Jim Broadbent continues to act, and he has... 167 acting credits to his name. Okay. Well, even though apparently we've done two movies where he's in, I feel like this is the first time I've ever saw him or heard of him in our movie tonight. He makes the movie. Uh, he is such a convincing Santa. And he you, you can just feel his, his little magical energy and uh, I, there's one point where there's a lot of crazy violence going on in the jail and 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 uh, the, the 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 guy who's the, who Santa thinks of as an elf he's just a little person he's not an elf at all is fighting someone uh, you notice he does, Santa does not get involved in the violence at all no and he hangs back and he's sort of standing back like an excited kid watching it all happen but he doesn't do he doesn't hit or do anything to anybody anyway absolutely charming <clears throat> uh we're going to cover rafe spall uh who plays the dad uh, a great role for him here in this movie he really shines he was born in london and is the son of a well-known UK actor by the name of Timothy Spall. And, uh, you know, growing up with an actor father, as you might imagine, he always had ambitions to act himself. 
uh, age 15, he joined the National Youth Theater. A few years later, he kind of failed to get into other drama schools that he wanted to get into, but nonetheless, he found work as an actor, but he was often cast in fat roles because he was overweight. He had been uh, most of his life. And playing these fat roles is something he quickly became tired of, and he wanted more. So at the age of 19, he shed 77 pounds, and lo and behold, started landing many Recording more stopped. Uh, acting opportunities. So <clears throat> uh, one of the things people uh, might have seen him in, uh, the, a series of films that were very popular, and made their way over here to the U.S. Uh, was uh, he was a frequent collaborator collaborator with Edgar Wright, and he appeared in uh, his films like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and The World's End, and those were alongside uh, Edgar Wright's other uh, uh, buddy Simon Pegg who went on to be in a couple Star Trek movies and the crossed. So that, that those, that's kind of where he uh, kind of came to, to be known. Uh, but his other credits include adulthood uh, and a good year, uh, a movie called one day. Uh, then there's anonymous Prometheus in 2012. Uh, that was sort of a prequel to the Alien movies, I think, as I recall. He was in Life of Pi in 2012, something called The Big Short in 2015, and The BFG in 2016, The Ritual in 2017, and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom in 2018. And where was I when that came out? Because I sure as hell don't remember mm -hmm. a movie called Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I'm sorry. I know. Anyways, on television, Spa played the title role of Pete Griffiths in Pete versus Life from 2010 to 2011. Uh, and he's portrayed other characters on TV series The Shadow Line and The Black Mirror. And currently, and since May of 2020, Spall has starred as the lead in the Apple TV Plus comedy series, Trying. And uh, because he's a busy actor, uh, he has many, many, many other credits on stage and in British radio dramas, all the way from 2005 through today, he's still active on stage. So he's a busy actor, so appealing in this movie tonight. Hmm. And you know, Toppy, um, this kind of comes full circle to a degree. Um, one of the people who was involved in putting this movie together, one of the producers, you know, the person that signs the checks pretty much. Uh, was Ridley Scott. And yeah, that came as a big surprise to me, but he's the guy that bankrolled the whole thing and made it possible, yeah. Yeah, and for those who are unaware, Ridley Scott, of course, is the person responsible for bringing us the Alien series with Sigourney Weaver. And, um, you know, you were talking about Prometheus from 2012, and yeah. I recall specifically Rafe Spall played a character 
that was basically an homage to an earlier installment in the Alien series. He got to play an android. Mm, okay. So, uh, oh, also Billy, uh, your hubby's in the chat room. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says uh, Santa does do something when the prison guard says he hates Christmas, and they should cancel it. He says Santa knocks him out with one punch. I, what the <laughs> hell? I don't remember that at all. Do you? Well, yeah, that was that that only moment where Santa got his feathers ruffled because, you know, the guy in the prison's like they should just cancel Christmas, and he just had it. <laughs> okay, I don't. It's funny. It's funny. I don't remember that. All right. Um, well. Uh, that uh, Rafe Small played the dad. Who played mm-hmm. the the little kid? Alrighty. Did so, you? the uh, the little boy in this film, uh, the character's name was Tom, but he's all grown up now. He's eighteen, and uh, if you, if you look for him, it's not hard to find him. He's a, a successful actor in a Netflix series for which he just won an Emmy. We'll talk about that more in a moment. Kit Connor who was, I think, all of maybe 10 years old at the time this film came out. He was born in South London. And Get Santa was his first role in a theatrical film. I say theatrical because in just the year prior, he'd had a supporting minor role in the BBC's biopic, An Adventure in Space and Time, which was about the early days of their legacy series, Doctor Who. So... Uh, it was all about the uh, the studio creating this new adventure with a kindly older gentleman who travels through time and people learn about history, and um, you know it, it was uh, it was a wonderful thing because uh, they they were as the Brits might say spot on with their casting for the actor who played the uh, first actor in the role of Doctor Who for them now which was. Um, Oh, I'm forgetting his name. But anyways, in the first five years of his career, Kit has starred in eight films. So in more recent years, in 2018, he was in a film called Ready Player One, which starred Simon Pegg. And this was a Steven Spielberg production. It was about a VR competition in a dystopian future. And in 2019... uh, Kit Connor got to appear in the Rocket Man film, which was a biopic about the career of Elton John. And he played uh, a younger Elton John, I, I believe, uh, in his early teens. This film also, of course, starred Taron Egerton, who which uh, has been in uh, the action films The Kingsman, which is uh, kind of the, the British Secret Service in that show so connor has also worked extensively of course in british television because that's where he's from it's the uk and he's had 12 roles in 2022 as i was mentioning he was cast as the character of nick nelson the athletically inclined love interest of the male lead in Netflix's Heartstopper, which is a young adult coming-of-age romantic comedy drama, and it's based upon a young adult graphic novel for which he recently received an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Performance. Now, um, I will say this about Kit Connor and uh, Heartstopper. 
I uh, I grew up in a small town. I had a cow pasture across the street from high school. And of course, I never imagined a day where I could be legally married to someone I loved. Now, I walked through a small town Megalomart recently. And what should I see on the shelves among all the paperbacks but copies of this Heartstopper graphic novel series? And I never imagined the day possible where you could get a Hallmark card and you could get a young adult book about diversity in the same place. So, um, Mr. Kit Connor also um, has had quite a presence on social media because uh, due to his role in Heartstopper, he played a bisexual young man. And he was pressured by people on social media to publicly come out. Mm. So, but yes. And what happened? Did he? Or what? What's the deal there? He did, but uh, he uh, basically shut down his Twitter account uh, between seasons. He got on briefly to basically say congratulations for making a teenager come out against his will. Oh, okay. That did not go well then. Mm-mm. Yeah, sometimes you should just uh, just let people come out when they want to. Not sure about. Um, I don't. I'm not sure about people who think uh, we need to expose someone uh, because they're out there and people should know. You know, uh, that's everybody's own journey. And how about if we just keep it that way, huh? So, um, one of your favorites, Jodie Whittaker, DJ, is mm-hmm. also in this movie as uh, the mother. Yes. And who does War- oh, Warwick Davis plays the uh, parole officer? No, no. Warwick Davis was the little person in the prison. Oh, okay. That's not at all the same, is it? No, it is not. No. no. Okay. Sorry. Warwick Davis no. plays. He's no. got a great comedic role there. I was going to say, Toppy, now I know all about Jodie Whittaker, but how much do you know about Warwick Davis, sir? Well, I really don't know anything about him. <gasps> Oh, Toppy, his career goes back to before the uh, mid-80s. I want to say that he was in uh, a film called Time Bandits, which if you look at Mr. Broadbent's career, that was actually one of his early film roles. But, uh, But more iconically, Warwick Davis has also been in Willow. Okay, right. I I can I can picture his face now. Yeah, which has had a uh, a reviving as a Disney Plus series, hmm. and he has uh, had uh, similar little person inspired roles in the Harry Potter universe. I think he played yeah. a. Um, I don't think that they're called elves in the Harry Potter world, but they're they're like trolls or something like that. But. Uh-huh. Well, he's got a really fun comedic turn in this movie because he plays a little person in prison, you know, and uh, he's like lifting weights and things. And as soon as Santa sees him, he goes, oh, it's an, oh, it's an elf. Oh, oh. And, ah, and uh, by the time the movie's over, well, um, his character is flying off in the sleigh with Santa as if he really was one of santa's elves um 
This movie was a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, I can see how much younger he looks there in that photo mm-hmm. uh, from Willow. Wow, boy, he really he looks so young there. Was gee, how old was he? I oh goodness, well this was the '80s, so it's more than 20 years ago. Wow. Anyways, this I just had so much fun with Get Santa. First of all, all the performances are absolutely top notch. Even the 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 kid, uh, Kit Connor. I mean, I don't know how you elicit a performance like that from a little kid, but he's so natural. There's not a second I think that he's some stupid kid actor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He is so natural, so believable. Um, and the story's fun and funny. It's got a lot of heart. I need that in comedies to really get behind them. And this movie's got that too. Oh, it was so much fun and a rousing score for the soundtrack, uh, that really, you know, just when you're seeing the stuff happen at the end, you're just going, yeah. And you're all behind it. Mm-hmm. How, what did you think? I thought it was great. Oh, goodness. I, I am one to seek out uh, British programming just simply for the fact that um, they often write things differently. The, the the Brits don't live on the principle that this story is going to go on and on and on. And we're going to have infinite trips to the well. There's a beginning, middle, and end. Maybe because they're the birthplace of, of Shakespeare and theater, perhaps. But I, I totally agree with you. This was such a fun adventure. Because, you know, um, not to say that our last film uh, was not enjoyable, but it was for a different time. So it certainly has a place of funness in our hearts. But for somebody who maybe of, of, of more recent years, maybe a young person, seeing a film like Get Santa could be more relatable because, of course, nowadays, how many brick-and-mortar stores do we have? Everyone shops online. So the chances that you're going to have a friend whose parent works at a department store, maybe not so much, but maybe you know somebody who's had a loved one who's served time. So the fact that this little boy has had his family broken up and his dad's just gotten out and they're trying to come back together that that's something that could be relatable because you know there's a a a lot of families with divided parenting you know you you spend christmas with your mom this year and thanksgiving with dad that sort of thing you know toppy there there was something that i um i thought was really good in terms of um you know, how the character was portrayed. Maybe it was writing. I don't know. Maybe it could have been acting. But um, certainly the mom had moved on, as we had said. So she's in a relationship with someone else. And, and the kid, you know, he's he's living with her. But did you notice how the, the possibly stepdad was playing with the kid in the beginning of the story? They had, uh, you know, the, the, the train out and they were acting out an accident. Do you recall that scene? Yeah. yeah. That was so great because uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, the kid just shows off his acting chops, isn't that? Because 
he could have been ad-libbing, but, you know, he's talking about the accident scene, and it's not just simply someone got hurt. You know, the ambulance is on the way. No, no, she's dead. She bled out. There was an old lady. She's gone. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, when, uh, when dad, Steve got out of prison and, um, you know, just makes a disturbance in the, well, it was the garage, but we called it the shed. He goes out to check things out. Now he could have called back into the house and let the mom know, that the dad has, you know, snuck onto their property, but he played it cool. He recognized the fact that this guy was just trying to reconnect with his son. So he simply called back to the house when he was asked what's going on out there. And he, instead of, uh, you know, um, blowing the whistle on the guy, he said, oh, it's just a cat. And then he walks away. So he played it cool, and he let that guy have the moment with his son without blowing the whistle. Really, uh, really kind of nice, isn't it? And also, there's the last shot in the movie that shows us that this splendid family, you know, who may be back together again, you know, probably have a future uh, where maybe they're living harmoniously if not all together you know uh so it 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 just brings into you know it's not your traditional nuclear family it's it's a family like many 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 people have uh where there's a divorce and a remarriage and stuff so that was well done it's funny in the chat room dj You know, it's funny how we're all, you know, we just all take, you know, we we find interest in movies and we're all different. And so, so DJ or Matt uh, from Chubbs Gone Wild, uh, a fellow podcaster, and Matt, who's been with us many times on the show, he says he, he didn't really like the, the movie uh, Get Santa, but he agrees the acting is good. And um and then there, there's some talk about willow because we brought that up and and matt says he's watched it over and over and over again and tommy says i can't watch willow the background music hits a nerve it's so annoying <laughs> so it's so you know it's so funny how uh we all respond <laughs> matt who or dj or who mm-hmm. who's the guy matt shows a picture of somebody mm-hmm. with rat tails and like who is that that's val kilmer in the early days oh. of his career oh, okay okay i thought maybe it was uh tim connor or something oh no well or kit connor now um interesting connection here toppy now the other year we discussed around valentine's day one of my favorite mini series is based on a novel and that was of course scarlet now, Val Kilmer was in Willow with, okay. yeah. with, with Joanne Wally, who played the witch's daughter, and she was the lead in Scarlet. Okay. And for, I'm, I, all I can think of is Joanne Worley from Laughing. Oh! <laughs> Never mind. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so, Choppy, uh, we are out here at the uh, the lobby area. And this is the part of the program where we talk about other things that you might enjoy. If you liked 
get Santa, or maybe you haven't seen it. And if you, if you, <laughs> did you say Santa? Uh, maybe, but <laughs> I think you did. You said you didn't say Santa. You said Santa. I have not had any eggnog yet tonight, sir. <laughs> oh, but anyways, um, you know, and if you have not seen Get Santa, you can catch it where we caught it, which was where, Toppy? Well, it's my new favorite thing, Tubi. It's freaking free, people. Mm-hmm. You don't got to get a subscription. It has so many good things. T-U-B, like in boy, I, Tubi, like the old tube TVs. Honestly, it's got television, movies. I, 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 it's all I watch anymore. And more importantly, there is a boatload of TV movies that has gotten dumped onto Tubi. And that's just a treasure trove because these are all films that I probably could not have caught when they came out. I just watched a movie with Michael Learned from the 80s and it had, what's his name, John Hausman in it as a choir director. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, I got to see that. You, you pointed that I love John Hausman. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Michael Leonard, although on the on the art for that movie... I never would have guessed that was Michael Leonard. <laughs> she looked so different. She had a bit of a facelift going on mm. at a certain point, and it changed her drastically, in my opinion, not for the better. But anyways, that's not important. The <laughs> point is, uh, Tubi mm-hmm. is great, although <clears throat> Tommy Hash Browns remind us it does have commercials. Oh, well. And for a lot of you young folks out there, where you know you're used to streaming and not having commercials, that may be a bit rough. But for people like me, where you know, I mean, that's what TV was back in the day. It had commercials, and so it doesn't bother me a bit. You know, well, you could always do what uh, I do on the commercials and check your check your face. Blah, 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 look. There you go. There you go. Why not? Uh, yeah, everybody's got their tablet with them. Let's see. Now, Crone Davis says, Warwick Davis also in Harry Potter stories, but I have always wanted to see him in the mockumentary where he plays himself as a showbiz dwarf. Hmm. Written by, this is a real thing, I guess, written by Ricky Gervais, and it's called Life's Too Short. I don't know about that. So interesting. Hmm. A mockumentary where he plays himself. Well, I'm going to recommend a service that uh, Cronhaven might find that program on uh, If We Cross Our Fingers. It's one of my favorite referrals. uh, Just watch. So, Toppy, we are out here near the lobby, and this is the part we call our snack tray. If you like to get Santa, this is something else you might enjoy. And uh, I'll let you know what uh, I think you should check out because I'm one to recommend, uh, you know, things that you probably haven't heard of and you should check out. So I'm going to recommend a film that's a, a more recent film, even more recent than 2014, folks. This is a 2018 comedy, so it's it's a handful of years old now, but it, it's still pretty new. Uh, it's actually a foreign film, but it has uh, English audio, so it's it's not like one of those badly dubbed films. Uh, they actually have their lips matching, I think. But anyway, ah! th- this is a comedy adventure called The Legend of the Christmas Witch. And the story is that during the day, 
Paola, Paola, I think Paola, I'm not sure. Paola is an ordinary primary school teacher, but at night she turns into the Christmas witch, a magical creature who brings gifts to the good kids. And it's an Italian film. Yeah, and only the good kids. So Mm -hmm. there. And more importantly, just like Tubi, you can watch this for free on IMDb's ad-sponsored service called FreeV. F-R-E-E V, like in video, E-E. FreeV. Check it out. You could probably find it on your Roku. Mm -hmm. I can, yeah. I haven't really checked it out yet. Um, Uh... Yeah, that could really be interesting because, um, you know, uh, movies made elsewhere than Hollywood, especially especially in foreign countries, have uh, a completely uh, different gestalt going on. And uh, this, this, this could really be good, it sounds like. Also, it's interesting. Um, it, there's a long connection. <clears throat> you know, speaking of a, a witch in a Christmas movie mm-hmm. of uh, the supernatural and ghost stories uh, related to Christmas, um, you know, um, a Christmas Carol, perfect example. It's a it's a freaking ghost story, folks. And a long time ago, uh, you know, before radio or anything on Christmas Eve, people would tell stories. And because it was a, a, a dark night um, and you might have some candles and a fireplace, it was the perfect time to tell ghost stories. So that's long connection between ghost stories and Christmas Eve. You know, that reminds me, you said Christmas Carol, Toppy, uh, just to, an aside, that great service Tubi also has a terrific spin on the classic a christmas carol film or, or rather uh you know originally a book but it starred carrie fisher so you know it's from a few years back now but it's called it's christmas carol it's a great <laughs> film where she plays the dearly departed boss and it's about her successor who is very much like scrooge does, does she play the Scrooge-like character? No, she... Is that what you're saying? No, she plays the boss who's who's no longer. Oh, okay. All right. Um, uh, Matt in the chat room says A Christmas Carol is probably his favorite story of old time. And, of course, it's been told and retold. Oh, good Lord. I don't know how many times on film and on TV. As a matter of fact, last night I just saw the version with, um, oh, for heaven's sakes, who played Patton? Oh, uh, Jesus. Is it? Someone in the chat room. I, I think that it starts with the name George, right? George. George. Oh, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> ah! Anyways, I just saw that version, and someone in the chat room will say, you stupid idiots, it's blah, blah, blah. Anyways, okay. So that's a great choice, DJ. Um, I would say if, if you're looking for a movie where it's a uh, Izzy Santa or Isney, well, you know, that's Miracle on 34th Street. We did that last time. Uh, there's about 
at least three different versions of that two theatrical releases and one made for tv uh, that has Sebastian Cabot in it. And um, I, I don't know, it's the first thing that came to mind. But <clears throat> I will also recommend uh, another movie that has, like Get Santa, a really solid portrayal of Santa. And that's why I'm going to re- recommend The Christmas Chronicles from 2018 it starred kurt russell as santa claus and just a vivid portrayal of santa that uh you know just feels like wow you know this is santa uh kind of like tonight's movie you just felt like yeah this this man is santa it's about two young children that sneak onto a sleigh while he's dropping off their presents on christmas eve um i think it was a netflix production yeah, and actually, there's been a second one too. And you know, some more. Uh, what's uh, an important aside? Who plays Mrs. Claus, Toppy? In that in in that movie in the oh. in the Christmas Chronicles. Oh God, I don't remember who is oh, it. It's Kurt Russell's real life wife, Goldie Hawn. Oh, for heaven's sakes, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, Matt in the chat room says it's it's freaking George C. Scott. That's the name of the actor. George C. Scott. Very silly. How could you forget? <laughs> Great Scott. Uh, yeah. George <laughs> C. Scott. Uh, uh. Okay. <laughs> oh, Mar- Marin Gertz knew the answer, too. Uh, thanks, folks. That's why we have a chat room here. People listening on the podcast version of this, we do this live. Yes, we do. And we have a chat room and people come and listen and they help us as you, mm-hmm. as you can hear. As a matter of fact, I'll just tell you who's in the chat room tonight. Why? It's your husband, Billy, DJ. Uh, I bet he's downstairs. Oh, by the way, did you get, did Billy get his Christmas tree set up? Oh, that's in progress. Long story, trying okay. to be short, but basically, uh, it should be no surprise that somebody who's had a uh, a, a life of splendor in the retail industry has an assortment of trees under their roof. And uh, while we're playing Legos with it because we can't find all the parts to the to one, so we're doing a best of collection. <laughs> All right. So um, in the chat room, it's your husband, husband, Billy. It's the ever mysterious Cronhaven all the way from New York City. Why it's Lamont Cranston slipping in here uh, in the last half or maybe maybe Lamont's been there all along. We just didn't uh, see him until now. Myron Gertz, our, uh, our, uh, uh, oh, she's here every time, folks. Myron Gertz, thank you. And of course, our old buddy pal, um, Tommy Hashbrowns, uh, is here. And uh, not to mention uh, Matt Burlingame, uh, our friend, fellow podcaster. Uh, you, you know, it, it's just so great. It, it's so much more fun to have you guys here. And thanks for showing up. Uh, time and time again we really appreciate it yeah so uh you know we uh we're just about to lock up for the night because uh 
Well, Gertie's got to get her ride home. Uh, she's already running down the, the street there to catch the bus. But um, we usually do this program, as Tapio is saying, live twice a month, the first and the third Friday. Now, we're coming up to the big day of the year. So, uh, you know, we're we're waiting to see what's under the tree. But, uh, you know, I also have a, a big day of my own coming around the corner. I'm, I'm turning another page on the old calendar and putting another candle on my brr really? cake. <laughs> so we're taking a short break, folks, because, um, you know, when you sit this close to the teacher, you, you, you can't be labeled as the favorite. Um <laughs> But we'll be back after okay. the news. Wait a minute. Do you want to tell everybody the magic day? Oh, what, yeah. Actually, uh, I think it's uh, close to um, a, a, a celebration of diversity. Um, Dr. King's birthday, uh, or at least when it's celebrated. But it's going to be the third Friday in January. So in the new year, we're skipping the first Friday. We're coming back on the third because, you know, it, it, my birthday is the first people. If you want to send something to me, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> Friday, January 20th. This is the first time I'm going to say this. 2023. Not making a mistake here. It's 2023 when we're coming back together. So we hope, uh, you know, those of us here at the Marionette hope that you have a safe and happy holiday season. And, um, be careful with that eggnog, because, uh, you know, when it gets too strong, the, the ladle turns green. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Ha uh, have a great holiday season, folks. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univospods.net, click the tower for audio, enter Discord for chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at matineeminutia. Find our group on Facebook. Have an idea for a show? Or why not let us know how we're doing? Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univazpods.net.